Radio CSS Media, your source for family-centered content. RadioCSS.com And now, Audio Theatre Central. Oh, hi there. I'm John Avery Whitaker. <laughs> Most folks around here call me Whit. <laughs> My name is Finian Jones, and you are... Hello, I'm Dave Arnold, your host for Focus on the Family Radio Theater. Hey everybody, I'm JD. And I'm Andrew. And I'm Roy. We're your hosts for Audio Theater Central, and welcome to episode seven, man. Seven podcasts. Can't believe it. Seven. Wow. One per month, that means seven months. We're acting like it's like some fancy big deal, but man. Seven. Seven. Wow. Okay, whatever. Okay. <laughs> well, we're halfway through season two of Lamplighter Theater, but we couldn't wait to talk about the first couple of productions. And since Lamplighter is doing a few re-airs from season one, we decided this would be the perfect time to talk about them. You're also going to get to hear an exclusive interview with the voice of Finian Jones on Lamplighter Theater. But first, I'm going to provide a valuable news update. Yes, extremely valuable, I'm sure. Adventures in Odyssey Album 54 is currently available to pre-order on Amazon.com. Also, we have been able to confirm that those four titles that Brock shouts out in the Avery Awards episode of the official Adventures in Odyssey podcast are, in fact, actual titles from Album 54. Thanks to Mark at the AIO Wiki for this tip. The titles are Unbecoming Jay, The Amazing Loser, Wooten Knows Best, and Anger Mismanagement. Hmm... Season 3 of Lamplighter Theater will premiere with Sir Knights of the Splendid Way, and according to the producer, John Fornoff, this is an epic quest in spiritual warfare that's been favorably compared to Pilgrim's Progress, unlike any other show we produced. This powerful, inspiring allegory pits young Sir Constant against the Black Knight in a quest to reach the Splendid City. As the new knight battles the Sorcerer Knight, you'll gain new insight into your own battles of faith. Well, that's it for the news this time. I'm Roy, reporting... Live. Well, not really. For Audio Theater Central. That was good, Roy. We only had to record that one five times. You're doing much better. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very good. Yes. Five times the charm. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Charm. Yes. You know, it was just uh, St. Patrick's Day, so. Oh, it's a pun. Yes. (laughs) I hate puns. No, it really happened. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's a reference back to. Far back in Adventures in Odyssey, I hate puns. Yes. Do you remember what that's from, Roy? Yes. Eugene says it. Yes. Beautiful. Well, I think we should just move along. Yes. Good idea. Let's get to the review. All right. We're going to talk about the first three dramas from Lamplighter Theater's season two. They are The Robber's Cave, The Boy of Mount Rigi, and The Wanderer. Before we actually get into each drama overview, let's just discuss these the changes in season two uh, as a whole. Can I just say, please bring back the second half of the bookend story? Please, please. And double please. We're begging you here. Yes. I'm, I'm on my knees. Well, yeah. Oh. Like, figuratively. Like, not really, but please. Yes, I really like the ending. I, even though, like, we can draw our own conclusions from the story and everything, but and everybody can... But the ending is just, I do we just packed it all up in a powerful punch. And yes. really helped. We, it's awesome. It was like, I don't know, I really enjoyed finding out all this wonderful stuff about Finian Jones. Well, yeah, he's such a rich character, and you always you always find out a little tidbit about him in each each story. And so just, just getting to hear from him again at the end just kind of wrapped things up. And I, I don't know, I just really, really like it. And hopefully they will bring that back. In season three, hint, yes. hint, Mr. Fornoff and Mr. Hamby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Yes. Again, for the eighth time I've said that this podcast. Yes. They were just, I don't know, my take is that it adds so much to the story. To connect it with something that's really going on in someone's life or whatever. That was one of the things that we mentioned in the first podcast we did about Lamplighter. 
was how that the connection to real life events and everything made it special. Yeah, definitely. And one other thing that I noticed is it is it just me or or does every lamplighter have a scene in there where they're on a ship? I mean, have you caught that? Oh no, I haven't. It's I like haven't, I didn't see that yet. They work that into um, yeah. yeah, like Charlie's Choice. Um, you know, several of them from season one, but these first three, yeah, every single one of them has a scene in there from a ship. This is true. Hmm. So, kind of cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, hmm. it's interesting. The authors would be at fault for that, wouldn't they? Well, I think it's you know it's in the original stories, right, right, that's but what I mean. yeah. Okay, yeah, the authors of the original books, not the authors of the drama. So it's just coincidence. Yep. It's amazing. We're just observant. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very observant. Anyway, the first one was The Robber's Cave. Yes, the first one was The Robber's Cave, and... I just said that. <laughs> You're an amazing repeater. <laughs> <laughs> Ambushed. It all happened so quickly. She didn't want to go, but this isn't the first time Horace has placed a thorn in his mother's pillow. Now she has only seven days to return with the answer that could save her son. During her absence, held hostage in the dark cavern, Horace wonders if he'll ever regain his freedom. Taunted and threatened by the banditti, Horace comes face to face with his life spoiled by privilege and wealth. And though time may be running out for his rescue, the light of hope is within reach through an unusual messenger with an unusual message. Hmm, I don't know. All I have to say about this one is don't ever have a thorn in your pillow because <laughs> that would be very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, but I would, I would tend to agree with you there. Yeah. Well, I, one of the first things I noticed right off the bat is that the bookend story, it doesn't take place inside the shop. And, and I think that's a first, isn't it? Yes, it is. Very much first. Oh, uh, yes. Was on this was of- amazing. Yes. I, this was very amazing. I love the book I front like, bookend. Oh. I was like, oh, man, we're going to learn about more. Again, learning more about Finian Jones and his brother and all yeah, that. Yeah, Benjamin. Like, man, here we go. This can be great. And he's mentioned relatives before in other right, in other right. shows, but he's never mentioned names before. So this is the first name we get from a relative. Exactly. Hasn't he talked about having been married at some point? Or yeah, he yeah. talks about yeah. a daughter, I his believe. Da- yeah, daughter. Yeah, daughter. Yes. Yep, exactly. But uh, I thought the scene, like you mentioned, it was cool. It was outside on top of the, that brick wall there overlooking all that the beauty and everything it's like man this is neat and then i you know again i remember like we talked about in the beginning i remember you know, the book ending you're not gonna have it so i was like oh man hopefully they give us as much as we can in the beginning here but the story i could see where the story and that the beginning there related a little bit and finian mentions his uncle charlie there mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. and um that goes back to the the interview we had with Mark Hamby, mm-hmm. and uh, that that character is taken from a personal mentor of Mark Hamby's, so that's pretty cool to hear that in there again. Yes. So you know what? I just contradicted myself. He has mentioned a relative before, because I think Finian has mentioned his Uncle Charlie in a previous show, hasn't he? Oh, yes, and in the beginning, he's like, yeah, my Uncle Charlie always used to say, yeah, 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 So that's right. Didn't you say he had mentioned relatives? Yeah, I said he had mentioned relatives, but I but said he'd no. never said a name before. Ooh, no name, yes. yeah, but he has said a name before. Yeah, it's usually helpful. See, we'll just hand out a free podcasting tip. <laughs> it's usually helpful for all the podcasters to be listening the whole time so that they know what's going on. Yeah, very good. So, this is very good advice for free that we're giving you here, <laughs> but that I don't follow myself. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Obviously, or I would have known what you said. I am sorry, J.D., Okay, yeah. So, you did contradict yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? one of the cool things I liked about this one is the songs. And um, my favorite, I think, was the Madman song. I right. Yeah, that was pretty the cool. The songs were really cool. I the guitar that. is awesome, man. That guy is yeah. a jammer. It's like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You get down. Man, I'm listening to that. I'm like, what? Oh, I wonder who wrote these songs. But then at the end, it says... Yep. All the lyrics for these songs are in the original book. Yeah. But Ooh. Melissa and John Fornoff mm. wrote the music for them, so yeah. that was cool. Yeah, it was really neat. The songs were cool. How they're placed throughout the storyline, all that. That was neat. I thought it was pretty neat how the guitarist, Raphael, 
was just bringing down like all these loads of conviction on the leader of the bandits. It was pretty awesome. He was just playing all these songs. No matter what the bandit wanted to hear, he just played whatever and totally gave him a bad day. It was really yeah. cool. I thought it was awesome. The banditi and the leader of the banditi is Mateo. Mateo. Yeah, there was a, a lot of characters in this one. It I was, think. You know, yeah. Marco He's and through. How many? How many? There were several of them. I don't know. But there, there was there was thirty five characters, thirty five. Actually, I have no idea. I was just joking. <laughs> I don't know how many characters. There are several dozen. <laughs> Acting like you know everything. <laughs> anyway, so well, at least I'm not like you with your newscasts over there. <laughs> so okay, I'll bring out one of my. I have. I think I. Yeah, I have, I have some pretty cool favorite parts in this. Is it okay to go on and move to the subject? You have several thousand oh, right favorite parts. Okay. Anyway, you should only have one favorite part. <laughs> so so. Where it's Horace and his mother are getting on that carriage and that horse thing. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, you hear this voice go, Don't go. I was like, Oh, um, holy cow. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that was like, Whoa, where'd that come from? I had to I'd go back and play that game. I was like, Whoa, because it kind of had like this weird, like, sound of, like reverb on it or something. It sounded like, I don't know, like it was ghostly. Yeah, there, that's the word I was looking for. Ghostly. Mm. And I was like, Whoa, that was, that was crazy. So that kind of tripped me out there. And you never do find out who or yeah, what who that, that was. was. Yeah, you don't. That's true. Hmm. Man. Yeah, but that was one of the crazy parts. So I, hmm. I'll step aside now. Go ahead. There yeah. were a couple of humorous parts. I love the part where Horace grabs the guitar and tries to play okay. and sing. <laughs> Cracked me up. Oh, man. And another humorous part was when um, Raphael is, by the way, this is a spoiler. Uh-oh. We, we decided this time that... We 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 just want to review the shows and yes you know what if you haven't heard them yet you're just gonna have to go buy them and listen to them that's right or call your local radio station and tell them to start airing them anyway yes when Raphael is helping Horace to escape yes and they're getting ready to leave and he starts going into Horace starts going into this big long <laughs> philosophical thing about cave of my imprisonment and all yes. I I can't remember exactly what he said but it, it's He's waxing eloquent, you know, and Raphael says, would you like to continue your conversation yeah. with the cave or would you like to go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, I know, Roy, that you probably would disagree muchly because you're thinking about all the the filling that they have in the middle. Kind of yeah. like a donut, actually. <laughs> yes. This, this story was like a donut, I guess, for Roy. <laughs> it was good stuff at the beginning and end and just filling in the middle. That's... Isn't that what you're? Yeah, that's what you said. Uh, yeah, that's what I was. I didn't get a chance to say it yet, but you just said it for me. But <laughs> well, yeah. go ahead and say it then. What the <laughs> oh, hinder the? You just said it, so go ahead. Oh, continue. Okay. Yeah, anyway, so like Roy was saying, <laughs> it's like a donut filled with uh, filling. <laughs> what else would a donut be filled with? I don't know, but yes. chocolate mousse. <laughs> yes, chocolate mousse filled donut. Yum. How would they fit that in there? Anyway, okay, mousses are big. Anyway. So um. Like, I totally forgot where I was going with this. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I really like the middle part because, I don't know, I just enjoyed, like, when Raphael and Horace were having, like, these long discussions about... Right. Um, scripture. Know, yeah, scripture and everything and how Raphael... Oh, I remember exactly what stood out to me was when Raphael was so amazed that Horace could read the Bible... Yeah, and he wanted it. He wanted Horace to read him the Bible yeah, because he had right. he'd had this faith for so long, but he'd never been able to actually read the words. Right. Of G- I thought that was a really good part. Yeah. The story. It was awesome. And I didn't realize. Uh, I'm assuming that was factual. Whenever he was talking about it, was illegal to spread the gospel in Italy at that time. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember when this one was actually written, but. And that was pretty amazing. I didn't realize that there, I mean, I guess it shows my lack of history knowledge, but um, I thought that was pretty amazing. Yes, sir. So going back to Andrew's donut thing, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me clarify a little bit what he's talking about. That was is, a perfect analogy. Yeah, Come on. <laughs> yes, it was beautiful. <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed. I enjoyed how it began and everything, you know, it was like, I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'm just one of those people that's got to have a lot of action happening all the time. I don't know. But uh, 
the the intro was cool you know it kept my attention and everything and then it just seemed like when i was listening maybe i was just because i listened to it spread out you know over a few period of days and all that but uh the the middle there is just kind of seemed like it was dragging to me i was like okay yeah you're talking you're stuck in this cave yeah yeah i understand yeah you're gonna get out sometime come on you know and then when it finally got to the end there you know and some action started happening and he's actually trying to get away and all that then that's when you know my interest peaked up again or whatever you want to say yeah i i agree it was a little more slow moving in the middle but i i, I see both of your points uh andrew as well i did like that part but yes it was um not action filled definitely and by the way i prefer a jelly filled donut <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah, the moose would get stuck in your teeth and everything. I mean, those antlers would really be a problem. I can, I can see that one right now. <laughs> Moving on. <clears throat> yes. The boy of Mount Rigi. Already a master thief, young Clapham has nearly given up the fight against his black heart. My paws taught me all about thieving. It's in my bloodline. Ain't no escaping it. Those are the words he lives by, and he almost believes them. But a steadfast friend will show him that no one has to be a prisoner of their past. Trapped in a life of thievery, Clapham is faced with a choice. Will he choose to steal from his friends? Will betrayal rob a faithful friend of his loyalty and forgiveness? This story was originally published in 1848. And cool thing about this one, the drama was written by Marshall Younger. All right. Kudos for Marshall Younger. Oh, the actual drama was written by Marshall. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Go awesome. Marshall Younger. But The Boy of Mount Rigi, I would have to say out of the three that aired this season, I don't know, it's kind of toss-up. I think we're talking about this between The Wonder and The Boy of Mount Rigi, but uh, this I one, think it was kind of a toss-up between The Boy of Mount Rigi, The Wanderer, and The Robber's Cave. Anyway, yes. No, they were all really good. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. They yeah, were amazing. Definitely. Yeah. But I think uh, the boy at Mount Region was really, I don't know, that was, it was amazing. Uh, just how the influence of his dad upon the uh, upon his son and everything. And it's just like, wow. You know, it was, they and they weren't afraid to go, you know, Lamplighter, they weren't afraid to go into some serious situations there mm-hmm. and stuff. And, you know, with his whole mom leaving and everything. and Alcoholism. Uh, yes. And then how his father is going and telling him, you know, steal this, steal that. And then when the police come, he just turns his back on his son. And it's like, oh, wow. You know, this is, it was, it was rough. Yeah. And, man, they had some stellar acting in this one. Stellar. I t- the, the guy who played Norman. Man, his voice was just awesome. I loved it. And I actually, I think he plays two characters in this story, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but still, that he had an amazing voice for that. And then also, uh, in jail, I think I think that's one of my favorite scenes is when Clapham is in jail and that whole thing between how uh, Deleuze starts to train him and, you know, starts to tell him about, you know, uh, how, how you should live and how good... Uh, good character can't be corrupted by uh, bad company and all that and uh, I think one of my favorite parts uh, in that in that whole episode maybe uh, it was cool it really stood out to me is when uh, Delu has, is, is set free from jail because you know he um, he's cleared he doesn't have to be in prison anymore and then like right after that Sloka moves in you know the bad guy he's yeah. like I want to play cards boy and you hear the cards ruffling and it's like whoa you know you can feel like the influence all of a sudden like, yeah. from the devil you know comes right in there it's like wow that's powerful that was an amazing scene it was yeah I really like that one of my favorite things is um, when they're talking um, Delu and and Clapham are talking yes and they're just just talking about I can't remember the the particular lines of what they were saying, but, you know, just talking about the things of God and yes. Slocum says, would you, st- would you two stop all the happiness? Yes. And Deleuze <laughs> says, are we interrupting your misery? Yes. That was and good. He <laughs> says, this is a prison, not a church picnic. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part. Yes. That was amazing. And then my heart kind of like, you know, jumped up a little, like what, before Deleuze had left and he's getting these letters from Annie. I was like, Oh, oh this yeah. is powerful. You know, that was neat. Yeah, this one was, man, it was top-notch. I really liked this one. Yes, sir. And then especially how they pull off the ending, I I, I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. that, that was, that's amazing. I wasn't, 
really expect i mean you could when the, the ending as it started to come up you know you could start to tell maybe that's where they were going but i was like wow that was awesome and then the scene at the very end it goes back to this a very similar scene at the beginning right. the fishing they're they're sitting there on the bank catching yeah. fish you know exactly. or at least harry's trying to catch fish <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite lines actually I'll, I'll say this was my favorite line in the whole drama mm-hmm. is when they're in prison and delu says to to clapham he said where there is great adversity there is great opportunity if you are patient enough to wait for God to deliver you. My. And I was like, wow, that's that's great. Definitely. That is amazing. So, moving on to The Wanderer. In a breathtaking story based on Psalm 32, David Aspinall is searching for something. Deep in his heart, he longs for something better than home. The inheritance of the family farm just isn't enough to fill his longing for wealth and adventure. As the seeds of discontent take root, David makes a choice from which there may be no return. As he wakes one day in the desert of Africa, scorched by the sun and allured by a mirage, he begins to see what he was so blind to before. His father's parting words echo in his mind. Sometimes one must lose what he has in order to gain what he needs. Is it too late for David to gain what he needs the most? Is there still time to return? The Wanderer is an epic drama that will powerfully influence its listeners to be guided by his eye in order to see that the greatest treasures in life are usually found at home. Man. I got to say that that summary basically says it all very well. It was, yeah, powerful. That's probably one of my favorite phrases in the Bible. He will guide you with his eye. Yeah. That's just, that's awesome to think about. And this drama was awesome. Yes, man. Oh, a good one for young people, I would say. Oh yes, definitely, man. You know, because everybody in the you know, in our young years and teenage years, you know, you think you're missing something out there. Maybe sometimes, you know, being in church and all that. You know, the devil tries to come along and say, "Hey, look, look I got this." And really, you know, there's nothing out there. But this story just really it takes you there, and it's it's just amazing. And can you? I mean. We all we all already know this, but these stories were written a hundred years ago. Oh yeah, I mean two hundred. I mean, these are old stories, but that's true. They still have a, an immense value. You're right. They're timeless. You're right. Written. This one was written in 1867. Man, it's 154 years ago. Yeah, it's and amazing. Thank you, Mr. Mathematician. Yeah. <laughs> huh. But I, I thought it was obvious. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mentioned this when we reviewed season one of Lamplighter that Sir Malcolm was sort of like a, a prodigal coming home, although he, he didn't leave of his own accord in that story. But I kind of mentioned that, made that kind of comparison. But this one definitely is a prodigal son story. Yes. yes. Actually, I kind of thought Charlie's Choice when I was listening to it, to be honest. It was different, yeah. but there were similarities that I that I picked up on. I mean, even down to the jealous sibling upon the return of the wayward one, you know. I right. mean, this one this one fits the bill. And yeah. they even reference that in the end that, yeah. you know, you're, you're being the elder sibling who's jealous, you know. Yeah. And going back to the intro of The Wonder, man, I thought the scene with Finian and Andrew was yes. just, man, that, that was, was awesome amazing. too. Because, you know, Finian starts outlining, and you could tell Andrew's just sitting there, thinking about not this Andrew behind me but <laughs> no I was <laughs> but, thinking about it when yes, I was listening to Vinny but uh, Andrew in the story was just like and then he, he goes to walk out and he turns around and he's like how do you know and it's, and it's just you know yeah. when are you going to come back home you know when are you going to I was like wow this is going right. to be good and the then when insight they, that Finian has is pretty amazing right but then when they go into the story it's just man you know and isn't this the first one where Finian's reading the book exactly I was going to mention that this is the Part, first yeah. one where Finian actually reads the book instead of recommending it to someone else exactly which i was kind of surprised too when when andrew actually left and didn't read the book yeah exactly yeah. didn't didn't come back and finney and tell him you know you need to read this or whatever i was pretty i thought that was kind of interesting because in this case it's like he's being more affected by finney story who was affected by 
this book. This yeah. book right. instead of the book directly influencing him. You know, when they're when he has that box and he's like, "You want to see what's inside?" I I just knew he's gonna open it up and there's gonna be a book in there. Right. But it wasn't. It was a globe. I was amazed. I was yep. like, "Wow." Yeah. Okay. With with Atlas holding it up. <laughs> that was funny. I, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny when Andrew told him. No offense, but yeah. this dude has more muscles. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> That was pretty good. And again, Finian references his Uncle Charlie in this one. True. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. This story kept me on, you know, uh, uh, pins and needles, as it were. But uh, Ouch. Yes. <laughs> but in a comfortable way. Yes. I would I think, think sitting yeah. in a chair would be easier okay, to listen to I was story. sitting in a chair, yes. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the whole scene where the lion's coming at him and everything, he's left in the desert and he's all alone, I'm like, Oh man, he's gonna they're gonna kill him. I oh man, it's crazy. But yeah, you know that's they, a horrible feeling too. Yeah. I don't know. Oh man, and then but then all of a sudden out out of nowhere, you know, his life is saved. Yeah. And then it's just like, man, this is it's just like The ending was really pretty sweet too. This time Definitely. I'll actually mention to I'll, I'll mention it this time because it was pretty amazing. Like the way that Right. Um oh, the yeah. friend comes back, knocks on the door, it's Christmas time and everything and and it's a different guy. Yeah, and because honestly, I expected the door to open. David, I know, you know, I know. Yeah. But it opens, and they're like, "Um, who are you?" And I'm like, "Okay, what's going on?" And then the way it talks, or the way he talks, it sounds like he's dead. Yeah. Right? Because he in the scene before, he had gotten shot by that poisonous arrow. And they don't know if he's gonna live or not. I'm like, "Oh no, man!" You know. I, I really thought that they had killed off the main character. You, you know, I thought they did too. I was like, you know, he's gonna go back, and he's like, you know what? I'm sorry. I thought I that know. in Charlie's choice though too. I did. <laughs> man twice yeah <laughs> that was pretty amazing it's yeah. good I, lo- I love the way they do that though it's good right the actor who played david was amazing yes and that sir. guy has got oh, some talent he does yes. for sure yes and i love the character of pj that character was it was hilarious he was great I, I love that part where he says uh he's trying to convince david of something and he says I swear on the cake I've hidden in my bedroll, and, and and David's like, "From you, I'll I'll believe that." You right. know, like, that's as good as it gets, man. Yeah, yeah, that's, awesome. that's amazing. But one of the more somber points in the story is when John Aspinall, the father, mm-hmm. is saying to his wife, he said, she asks about when David was in trouble in was it in London? He'd went to London yeah. to work mm-hmm. for his and uncle, God. and oh, yeah. and he and she said, "Was he remorseful?" And he says. Remorseful, yes. Yep. Repentant, no. no. Yeah. You know, and like there is a difference. You know, that was, was powerful. Yeah. I mean, I was like, oh man, his father is like, you know, he he just like got him off the hook, and he's not even to go back. But even the first time, where his father's like on his deathbed, and he's like, you are gonna take over the farm, right, son? And he, and then there's that pause, and you're like, oh man, you know, they put you there, and I was like, and he's like, I don't, you know, he's like, I don't want to take over this farm, and he's like, it's his only. He has the choice to, you know, to keep his father alive and help his father out, or just at least, you know, reassure his father that after he's gone, that he can take care of the farm, and he's just gonna like go off and do his own thing. And like, oh man, that kills. Yeah. Yeah, his sister oh. had him pegged. Right. Oh. Totally. Man. Very selfish. You can see. I mean, this character has a lot of depth to him. He has, he. Uh, Deep down, he is good because you see his relationship right. with his little sister. Yes. He, he really does love her and, and spending time with her, and he loves his family. But it's just like, wow, how can you be so selfish? Mm-hmm. You're right. One cool part, though, was when David's on the ship on his way to Africa, and he's looking through the rain and the fog. They're, they're passing his hometown, hometown area, oh. you know, and he's trying to see... And he can't. Yeah. But his father is also standing there looking out into oh, the rain. And yes. he sees the ship. But he doesn't know that David's on that ship. Yes. Like, wow. That was that was amazing. Oh, Another cool thing that I thought that ran throughout the story was the uh, every once in a while, his mother's voice coming back to him in those scriptures. Mm-hmm. That was really neat. It's kind of random, but it reminds me of uh, the Amazing Grace story. Mm-hmm. When they did uh, the story of John Newton, uh, it was called Grace Abounding, I believe, from Focus on the Family, with his mother's voice coming back to him throughout his life and guiding him back. It was pretty awesome. I kind of saw that correlation there. It was good. That's cool. Yes. One more kind of humorous part that I wanted to mention is 
Another line from PJ. I just love that character. <laughs> he he said, uh, talking to David when he's heading out, you know, still in search of his adventure, you know. Yep. And uh, PJ says, before I questioned your judgment, now I question your sanity. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh, yep. That guy is awesome. But this whole story, it was just, it really, uh, they, that drives that point home. That was, it was really good. And, you know, on this one, on The Wonder, I can see not having the book end, you know, uh, with Andrew and all that in the beginning. It kind of, you know, it works this way throughout the story. Yeah. And I can see it not having an end, and I don't, I don't know what the ending would be in that because you really don't get into much of Andrew's life and his background and all that stuff in the beginning. But still. Well, and since they knew they weren't going to have a yeah. a second, you know, the they second can, half of the book in, they, they could, can write they could, it in. They could write it like that, yeah. This one was complete with the first one. But we still want you, want, want you to bring those back. Right. Sir. Just please don't write them so they're complete with the first one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we want to we wanna find out more about the shop. Yes. There you, you go. You know, the first three so far, we haven't really heard much about the inside of the shop or the exploratorium and all that stuff. Exactly. Though we may find out more in the next coming up episodes, like Buried in the Snow. So yeah. listen to that one, and we find a little bit more about the shop. But overall, the first three dramas of season two, phenomenal. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to have to say this now. Because as Roy w- said earlier, we were kind of debating between the Boy of Mount Rigi and the Wanderer. I-, I think I'm gonna have to settle on the Wanderer as my favorite mm. thus far. We have mm. two more left in right. season two, so right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Yes, I will have to agree with JD. Yeah. And remember, support Lamplighter Theater. Definitely. And I, w- I was wondering if maybe that wasn't part of their reasoning behind um, not doing the second bookend because it mm. maybe cut down on cost a little bit. But Lamplighter is doing a phenomenal job on these. We definitely want to keep them on the air and keep them producing these good quality dramas. So if any of you out there have enjoyed these these dramas, then definitely try to support them by purchasing a copy for yourself or you know at least spreading the word to other people because I, I still talk to people who have not even heard of Lamplighter Theater. So. Oh, yeah, me too. You All know, the time. You go talk to, I'm like, you never heard of Lamplighter? And you're like, no, what is it? And I'm like, oh, man, you got to listen to this. And they come back to me like, man, that is so cool. You know, that's awesome. So, and I believe uh, Lamp67 we are able to use. We are. Uh, that uh, coupon code is still available, Lamp67, if you purchase any of the dramas or books. Or, you know what, they even have scripts. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to purchase the scripts to perform a uh, the play of wow. these. Hey, that'd be cool. Yeah, very cool. So you use the, that code and you get uh, 15% off on the regular priced items. And even if it is a sale item, you can still use the code and it'll just let them know that you heard about Lamplighter from Audio Theater Central. So Exactly. And you'll be supporting your favorite podcast. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and we would really appreciate that. Oh, yes, definitely. And as we mentioned, those are only the first three dramatizations from season two, and there's going to be two more, Buried in the Snow and Teddy's Button. So we are going to talk about those in a future show. So just wanted you to be aware we're just splitting this into two parts because last time we tackled all seven from season one, and it was just a little too much. We didn't get to spend as much time on each one as we wanted to. So this was a little bit better way to do it. All right, so... What do you guys think? Should we do it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Are we going to do this? He commanded I mean, us to, don't you? Didn't he? I don't know. Well, we have received a mandate. I mean, well, but well, maybe, then again, maybe we should find out what, what will it, happen if we don't. Command is a pretty strong word, isn't it? Is, it? Yeah. yeah. I don't know, but they said that let's not think about what would happen if we don't, so. Hmm. All right, All right. let's not think about it. Okay. We'll just Go move ahead. on. No. All oh, right. Yeah, good. Or should Wait. we? Oh, uh, Oh, let's just do it. Okay. Just say it. Just take the plunge. iTunes review. Yes. Strangest iTunes review ever. Well, for us. No, (laughs) no. We're just kidding. It's good. I mean, it was good. Right? Yeah, yeah. Shows that our our listeners have a sense of humor, I think. Yes, I'm glad. Yes, exactly. Actually, I thought it was very good because it was sort of in response to my many, not small, but several, Hints 
that I was dropping in the last episode about leaving hundreds of iTunes reviews, <laughs> that would be really good. <laughs> I mean, I mean, hey, we want to like see what everybody thinks, and that's a good central place. Although our website is better, but you know, everybody <laughs> yeah. uses iTunes. Yes. So. So, well, since it was your pleading that incited this, why don't you go ahead and read the review, Andrew? Incited it? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's probably a pretty good word. (laughs) All right. Here we go. This was a podcast review left for us by Biggest AIO Fan. I don't know if that means that they need to go on a diet or if they just really love Odyssey. (laughs) Or if they're a big fan. Yes, like just a big ceiling fan. Hmm. Hmm. Ceiling fan. Oh. We'll be talking about that in oh. the future. Yes, that too. Okay, okay, here we go. This is what they had to say, though. Due to popular demand, or maybe it was the request for more iTunes reviews. I don't remember which. <laughs> I will submit an iTunes review. Now, for the, this is an aside. For those of you who are not following this, the iTunes review begins now. <laughs> this is a great podcast. Very helpful. The iTunes review just ended. <laughs> but he goes on. There, I submitted a review, right? I command you to put it on your next podcast, which would be episode seven. If you don't, well, let's not think about that. Yes. Hmm. So I thought that was very clever yes. and fun way yes. to do an iTunes review. So so now we're giving in to demands from our listeners. Oh, yes. no. Here we go. Just Pushovers. Yeah. Uh, just don't demand anything of us we can't give, like money or <laughs> meeting us or something because yes. unless you live near us I guess yeah but unless you were listening really close in the last podcast you won't even know where that is that's right <laughs> so thanks to the biggest AIO fan and yes man, thank you I want to know where you can get I don't think they sell big I don't think they sell AIO fans yet I haven't seen that on hey, their products that would, that be, would cool. be cool get little blades that have AIO all over it and yeah like, like Wit and Eugene and I can see it now yeah me too just spinning yeah spinning up above my head <laughs> or it could be a, like a little hand fan you know those oh, little accordion yeah. ones with the little spray misty thing that like shoots water all over you and stuff that'd there be really yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that'd be really wet like idea yeah. so uh i think someone needs to come up with the biggest atc fan mm. hey now there's an idea yes i might just call myself that and Leave, leave reviews like yeah but you're you <laughs> just, are an atc i'm just kidding i mean we know you have the biggest ego on the atc podcast oh listen to you <laughs> uh, look for evidence i just point you to every newscast you've ever done hey it's not my fault Inflating i have to read your own what they tell me to read or else i'll get fired so <laughs> yeah well that would be bad like the mailman yes yes that's true he went off his script. That's why I see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Well, we are going to get to the interview, but first I wanted to remind you about the poll question on our website. Uh, the March poll question was, which story would you most like to see as the next Focus on the Family radio theater drama? The Hobbit, A Tale of Two Cities, or A New Father Gilbert Mystery? Hmm. As of the time of this recording, Father Gilbert is in the lead with 65% of the vote. Woohoo! Yes. Who's in second place? Oh, yes. I already know, but. Go ahead. What's um, the percentage of the second place winner? You tell me. Or the second first place loser, or whatever it is. I know it's The Hobbit, but the percentage is. Drum roll, please. 17%. Ooh. Ooh. Not bad. Actually, that's kind of bad. <laughs> Bummer. I didn't vote from enough computers. No that's one what it is. No one likes to tell of two cities. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that one's tied. Yeah. Is it tied with The Hobbit? Yep. 17%. Well, I definitely need to go vote. I actually haven't voted yet, so I need to vote. Oh, sure. That'll put I The voted. Hobbit better in yeah. The Tale of Two Cities. So anyway, there you go, Paul McCusker. If you were waiting for the fans <laughs> to speak, yes. they have spoken. Father yes. Gilbert. Anyway, we will post the final results on the website when the poll closes. The April poll question is, which of the following new, quote-unquote, Odyssey characters do you like the most? Matthew Parker, Emily Jones, or Jay Smoose? Uh-huh. Ha, bet you didn't know his last name. Yes. I think Jay's probably going to win that one. Yeah. Well, don't, don't like, taint the voting, Roy. They're going to vote the way you say because you're so popular. Oh, yes. 
So everybody's just going to say, well, Roy said it, so I'm going to vote this way. That's probably what happened with the last poll question. <laughs> it must be, because I voted for something else. It just goes to show I'm not popular. Okay, everybody vote what J.D. and Andrew says. <laughs> I say Matthew Parker. And so there'll be one vote for Jay from me. <laughs> no, there'll be two votes, because I like him, too. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Well, now for the interview. Now, this was an exclusive interview with Jess Harnell conducted by John Fornoff, and it was shortly after the recording of Sir Malcolm and the Missing Prince. Now, just to clarify, we did not do this interview. The Lamplighter team conducted and recorded it. They have graciously allowed us to air it. Thank you, Lamplighter. You guys are awesome. Yes, thank you to Mark Hamby for letting us share this great interview of the voice of Finian Jones. All right, without any further ado, let's get to it. I'm here with Jess Harnell. Hi. <laughs> and Jess, Jess is the voice of Finian Jones. And lucky to be, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, tell, me about, tell me about this character. Tell me how you got into, kind of dialed into, this, into Finian Jones and how... Yeah, tell me a little bit about, about, about the birth of Finian. Okay. Um, I was, you know, first of all, I was fortunate enough to uh, to get called by you, my friend John Fornoff, and my other friend Marshall Younger, who I've worked with in the past, and I know that they do great work. So they told me they were developing this new, uh, this new project, Lamplighter Theater, and I was immediately excited to be part of it. And then they told me that it was about encouraging children and people to read, which is a great passion of mine. So I was very excited about that too. And then the, uh, the underlying uh, religious themes made it even more attractive still. So I knew right Right away that it was something I wanted to be part of and the guys you know sent me a character description I didn't have any artwork to work with uh, like you would in an animated program or something like that but they sent me a very good character description and words like you know wise but whimsical and enthusiastic and childlike but at the same time with a lot of wisdom to share um, I like that because it's like you can relate to children and also to adults um, and they sent me some copy and copy is a script you know and I, I noted it up. I looked at a few things that they had kind of said along the lines of, and that's 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 always helpful because it helps you dial in who you're going to be, you know. So I looked at performances like Dustin Hoffman and Mr. Majorium's uh, Magical Emporium and uh, Gene Wilder and Willy Wonka, although I'm not doing an impression of either of those guys, and just kind of got a sensibility of where they were basing those characters. And that sort of became the, the foundation for what I tried to build uh, with Finian, which is basically a guy who, as I just said, is really lovable and really fun and gets as much of a kick and joy out of his place as everybody there does, but he knows the secrets behind it and he knows how to share those secrets in a way that might help people. Mm -hmm. um, so dialing in the voice was just a matter of, of finding the delicate balance between quirky, crazy, fun guy and guy with a lot of important things to say if you have ears to listen to him, you know? Very good. What, what do you like? What do you like about the Finian character? What do you? I realize this was your first time trying him out here. What, what, do, what do you like about him? Oh, everything. I mean, I, I, everything. Uh, you know, first of all, he's he's a rich character. I like that in the fact that even here in the first script, we've sort of hinted. I mean, a lot of the time with new projects, it's always nice when you get inklings of things to come. And even in this first script that we just did, uh, you kind of get the sense that maybe Finian has some life experience of his own that maybe isn't so magical and wonderful but that kind of led him to who he became you know which is which is a really cool thing and i like that and i have a sense of that as this series goes on we're going to learn more about what made finney and who he is and i think that's really cool um i i love the fact of his enthusiasm i love the fact of his excitement and his wanting to help people and i also love the scene i had a scene with a, a talented young actor named bridger and uh, i loved having the scene with finney and and, and kids because it's like the kid in him comes out when he's talking to kids. And, you know, that's not much of a stretch for me either. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, there's really, I really enjoy, I mean, it's, it's another one of those lucky uh, circumstances where, you know, as an actor, you receive scripts sometimes and, you know, you'll be like, boy, I wish I, I was playing that role. And if I read this script, I would have been like, boy, I wish I was playing that role. And I'm very happy and grateful that I am. That's cool. Yeah. Bless you, man. Oh, indeed. Well, it is looking back today, the yeah. scenes you did or whatever. Mm -hmm. What scene, was there a scene that was uh, maybe struck you from a funny point of view or a scene that touched your heart or something? Just, what was this, what's a standout maybe or a standout line or anything that as you're going through today that you just particularly just enjoy it? It just like, it just kind of stood out. Yeah, the scenes that, uh, the scenes that kind of really spoke to me were uh, you know as far as being funny I loved him I loved him kidding around with the, the little boy I loved the excitement that he had when he put the Thomas character on the ladder and how excited I think he was much more excited about that than Thomas was and I, and I loved um, I loved two things from a dramatic kind of a sensibility the first one was when he set Thomas up with the book 
I could, I kind of felt like I want to read this book, you know, um, because the dialogue was so well written and it was like, you knew there was something really important coming. And I also liked the fact that he could see something in Thomas. He, he could kind of look into Thomas's heart a little bit, you know, and say, I know you've, you know, let me guess you've got a problem with, uh, with you have kids, maybe a problem with your son or your daughter. And he was, he was right indeed. And then at the end, I love how he wrapped it up in such a way that it was not preachy, but at the same time carried a message, you know, because sometimes things being overly preachy can almost turn as many people away as attract people. And yet when you put forth the same message in a way that is more universal, they're more likely to receive it, you know? So I thought that at the end of the script, how he talked about how suffering, you know, eventually leads to hope, you know, it's just a beautiful sentiment for people to hear. So that spoke to me and I liked that. Thank you. Thank yeah, you so much. Absolutely. Me. Anything else you want to say about the show? Or? Uh, I just want to say that I think that, you know, the best ideas are ideas who, when they come along, you're surprised they haven't yet. And I think that, you know, when I speak to kids, which I'm lucky enough to do sometimes, uh, one of the, and they ask me, you know, how did a guy with, like you end up being successful? Because, you know, I could be working in and out Burger very easily. And I say, well, the biggest, you know, the, the biggest practical key to that was my love of reading, you know, because I'm basically self-educated in the things that I wanted to be educated about, although obviously I went to school. Um, so this is one of those ideas. This is like, this is a show that takes the concept of encouraging people slash children to read. Why aren't there more shows like that? So I believe it's an idea whose time is overdue to have come, and I couldn't be prouder to be part of it. It's like sometimes, you know, things come along and you're like, wow, a, sh a show with a positive message uh, that relates to God and encourages children to read. Boy, if I hadn't been on this, I would have been very disappointed. <laughs> so I'm, re I'm, I'm really happy That's to be. so cool. Yeah. Just to wrap up. Yes. Um, just for fun. Yeah. Because you do... Just many different voices. Yeah. Just, just for fun. Yeah. Just, maybe could you do a couple, couple of your voices that you do, or a few of them that you, you just enjoy doing? If, sure. If, are, you, are you okay with of it? Course. Just, just for fun? Just, of course. Of course. Just. just well, let's see. I mean, you know, I'll show you a couple. Not believe me, man. I'm rolling. Um, you know, I was messing around in there, and I was saying it'd be fun to try. Uh, what, what if Finian was uh, played by Christopher Walken, right? So we go something like this. Oh well, you know. My bookstore practically runs itself, but I help it along now and then. A duck? Yeah, of course, naturally. It's over there. Help yourself. Or you could play him as Bill Cosby, and you could go, Oh, well, you see, my bookstore practically runs itself, but I help it along now and then. I stir it in the bowl. Aha! A duck? Yes, I have a duck. It's over in the corner. So you could do that, or you could do it like, you know, William Shatter and go, You know, my bookstore practically runs itself, but I help it along now and then. A duck? Yes, of course, naturally. It's over there, in the corner. You know, so you know, there's just different different ways you can do anything. You know, I could go on and on, as you know, but but that gives. But I think the voice we picked for it is the right voice. Oh, uh, as good as those guys are, don't get me wrong. Oh man, yeah. I just love what you did with it. That well, was thank great. you. That's great. It was great. That's it. That's it. Thank you so I, I just want to say, um, you know, that uh, that you know, I, I'm I'm grateful to be part of this project, and I really hope that it finds the audience that I believe it deserves. Man, that interview with Jess Arnell was awesome. I just love those voices he does at the end. They're amazing. That guy is so talented. Oh, yeah. my word. What can be said? Right. He's just beyond incredible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love the Bill Cosby impression at the end. That was Definitely. Great. He does really good on that. Well, that'll do it for this episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us or send us some feedback, we would love to hear from you. Give us your opinions. And um, let us know if we missed something or if you would want to share something that you caught in some of these productions that we discussed. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yes. For episode show notes, visit our website, audiotheatercentral.com, and go ahead and leave a comment on the website. There's a little option for you to do that. Just scroll down to the bottom of the post, and you'll see a little button that says comments. Click on that, and you will be guided on what to do from there. It's my line, Roy. Oh. It's my line. Go ahead. Can, can you be quiet now? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding you can also use the email form on our website we made it so easy that you just fill out a form and we get an email isn't that amazing yeah or you can send your email if you want to fill out your own form <laughs> to feedback at audiotheatercentral.com or you can call or send a text message to our feedback hotline and that number is 623 ouch 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 
not that kind of hot line. Uh, well, I was just touching it. It is hot. It hurts. <laughs> Burn my fingers. Ouch. Hey, by the way, we are also in the Zune marketplace uh-huh. and the BlackBerry podcast directory. Mm, go ahead. So, so, oh, so we're everywhere. Yes. We are. Well, that's good. Well, I think we've caused enough damage for one night. Yes. So maybe yeah. we should hit the stop button. Ooh, don't hit the red button, though. Oh. Because we know what happens when you hit the red red button. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to end this thing? <laughs> it just keeps going. <laughs> we'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yes. Thank you. Audio Theater Central is a production of Radio CSS Media. RadioCSS.com There was a call coming through. Oh, that's That's crazy. Somebody pick it up before they hang up quick. Uh, hello? Uh, uh, I think you got the wrong number. Bye. Who, who is that, JD? Oh, what a letdown. That was just some telemarketer. Oh, Oh, man. Huh. I guess we need to put the hotline on the do not call list. Yes. But we want people to call. That's only for oh, unsolicited phone calls. Well, we're soliciting phone calls, yes. okay? Everybody call, everybody text, everybody leave iTunes reviews. <laughs> leave iTunes <laughs> reviews. Leave iTunes reviews. <laughs> and also, hey, there's this really cool thing you can do to help us out on our show. That'd be really fun. Yeah. You leave iTunes reviews. <laughs> <laughs>